0: we struggle with the dichotomy of, how do I want to pursue something more without hating myself? And I feel like a lot of culture has taught us that to hustle and to grind and to go and to push and to do all of these things that I used to do, that we've got to really have an issue with where we are today. And I just, I can't buy into that anymore. I think that you get a lot further from a place of self-love than a place of self-hatred. So that's where we have to start with. And when I say fall in love with your body, I mean fall in love with your body and its functionality, fall in love with your body and the things it does really well. And not just that, but fall in love with your body and the way that it looks. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hey guys, it's Rachel. Welcome to another episode of the show. I feel like we should start by me telling you that I just recorded – 10 minutes of intro and I thought really insightful and beautiful conversation and realized that I did not press record. So those words are just lost forever, (laughs) but let me try again. I would love to start off today's conversation with gratitude. So I grew up in a church. I don't know if any of you grew up in an environment like this where we used to do prayer requests and praise. You'd have a praise report and a prayer request and the preacher would say, "Does anyone have a prayer request?" and someone would stand up and say, "You know, my mom is sick and you all pray for her," or, "You know, I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to get this job. Can you guys pray over that?" And then there were praise reports, which was when you would stand up and say something great that happened to you. And I think of gratitude and a gratitude practice kind of like a constant praise report to myself and to the universe. And I start every day of my life with a gratitude practice. That's why start today journal is a thing, but obviously you don't need to start today journal. You can do this practice inside of meditation or prayer. You can grab any journal you have and write down five or 10 things that you're grateful for. The reason I love this practice is because if I've said it once, I've said it 10,000 times when you start each day reminding yourself of what you have to be grateful for you will be on the lookout all day long all you know every evening you're going to be on the lookout for things that you can report on tomorrow what are things that I can write down in my journal tomorrow that I'm grateful for today the power of that being on the lookout for blessings is that you find them. If you are looking for good stuff, you will find it. If you are looking for bad stuff, you will find it. You will find whatever it is you are looking for. I try and live my life looking for things to be grateful for. Obviously, that doesn't happen every second of every day, but I would say at this point, after practicing this for a decade, it's very much a part of my existence. It's worth saying too that I think positivity and gratitude get a bad rap sometimes. I think because it's like a sexy kind of clickbait headline to talk about something positive with a negative spin. It's worth being conscious of why you're focusing on gratitude. If you're focusing on gratitude to disconnect or disassociate or ignore Some hard stuff that you're going through, that is not healthy. If you're ignoring, detaching, if you're using it as an escape mechanism, if you're obsessing over, but just look for the positive, look for the positive, look for the positive, that is deeply unhealthy. Because in order for us to be whole people, we have to be able to look at the fullness of our lives. And that means holding space for. The great days and the seasons that are really hard. But gratitude and positivity as a spiritual practice, as a decision about how you want to align yourself with the energies of the universe and that you want to consciously align yourself with love and joy and peace and contentment and all of those things, that I think is beautiful. The big difference is just knowing your why. And continuously checking back in and making sure that you're choosing gratitude for the right reasons. That being said, this morning I had this sort of time warp thing, not an out of body experience, but a like deja vu moment where I was back in the past in a younger version of myself. I had gone to get gas. I, my mom's coming into town to hang out with my kids so I could go do my last two tour stops. Thank you, mama. But she's going to be driving them around and picking up and dropping off. And so I want to make sure that my, my gas tank was full for her. So I stopped by the gas station on my way back from the gym and I was filling up my tank. And when I went to get back in my car, I thought, oh my gosh, the younger version of me the teenage version of me or me in my early 20s never even imagined what it would be like to be able to afford to fill up my car with gas. And I know that there are some of you that are still not in a place where you could afford to fill your car up with gas. There were many, many years that I, hey, can I have $10 on number three? Can I have $5 on pump number seven? Can I use all the change in my car. Some of you have never had to pay for gas for your car with change and it shows. You know those memes that are like, some of you have never had to camp in the woods while it's raining on your tent and it shows. I have had to pay for gas with change so many times. And there was never once where it wasn't embarrassing for me because you just, you do what you have to do. You need gas to get to your job and you pay for it however you can. But to get to a place in my life where I can fill my car with gas, especially in a world where gas prices are so insane, and that's a real worry for a lot of people and a lot of families, I don't take that for granted. I got in my car today and I just sat for a minute in how blessed I am to be able to do that. I had read something in a book months ago about the power of honoring and being grateful for bills as a play on counterbalancing a scarcity mindset, like, oh, there's never going to be enough money. I'm going to run out. Uh, you know, Where's that pay raise? Where's that tax return? Where is this that you obsess over where more money is coming from, which then is just aligning yourself with a vibration of never having enough, so the counterbalance to this was any time that you have to pay for something that historically you'd be grouchy about like oh I can't believe that I got to pay for these gas prices or I got to pay this phone bill or I've got to pay this medical bill or whatever it is instead of feeling grouchy about it or being pissed or letting it scare you that you would celebrate when you pay a bill which seems so crazy but there is something really beautiful. Uh, instead of going, I can't believe I got to pay this car payment, to flipping it and being like, thank you, God. Thank you that I have the money to make this car payment. Thank you that I have the money to put $10 of gas in my tank. Thank you that I have the money to pay for electric or insurance. Because we're going to have to pay for those things either way. But if we can approach them with a spirit of appreciation, it'll change your heart and your anxiety about all of it. I can look at my life so many times where I drown in anxiety about money. And I'm still here. 39 years old, I'm still here. I remember one time I had started a new job. I was young. I was in my early 20s. I had started a new job, and I didn't understand how money worked or banking worked. So I didn't know that that there would be a time period where I wouldn't have a paycheck because I had left one job and started a new job. And basically, I was living paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't think about the fact that if I had a week where there was a week delay on my payment, I was screwed. And this happened. I started a job as a coordinator at Ogilvy and Mather, which was a huge advertising agency. I was going to this fancy office every day. I'd been on the job for a week and I was really struggling financially and I didn't have parents who could afford to help me. And I would never really had to lean on that before, but a week went by and I thought I was getting a paycheck and I didn't. I needed one more week because of how the pay cycle worked and I was so strapped And I was so strapped for food or whatever. If you've ever been in that situation, you can go without. You can go to work and, like, eat out of the vending machine. There are are hacks. There are things you can do. If you guys have ever been low on money, you know what I'm talking about. But what I couldn't hack was gas money. I will never forget this. I should write about this in a book because this was such a beautiful moment. But it was also one of my most shameful moments. So week goes by, don't get paid, and I'm living for the next Friday, living for it. And paycheck comes in and it was a new company. It was something that my bank had never seen before. So I wasn't thinking, oh, there's gonna be a hold on this check. So I roll down two... Wells Fargo on my lunch break to go get $20 out to get gas. That was all I was trying to do. I like didn't, I wasn't trying to buy food or groceries or any of it. I just needed gas in my tank because I was running on fumes. And I go to the teller at the window and I'm like, my check finally got in. I Can I withdraw $20? And there's an older woman and she's like, no, there's a hold on your check. And I'm like, what does that mean? She said that there's a hold on your check. Like there's nothing that I can do in two days. This will clear, and then you can have the money. And my world, check, I didn't know how I was gonna get back. I don't even know how I got to the bank. That's how low my car was literally on fumes. I had no idea how I was going to get back to my office and I'm on my lunch break and I've been on this job for two weeks. I don't know how I'm going to get back. I certainly don't know how I'm going to get home. I have no money. I don't know. And I just start bawling. I start bawling at this teller. Like it's not her fault, but I'm just like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm just like a little girl. I think it was like 20 years old, maybe 19. And I'm like, I are you sure? Is there anything, like even $5, like I just need gas money, whatever. And she's like, I'm so sorry. There's nothing I can do. And I'm just like still crying. And she looks at me and she leans down and she grabs her purse. And she goes in her wallet and she pulls out $5. It wasn't even 20 It was 5 bucks. She pulls out $5 and she hands it to me, and she says, I don't really have this money to give you, but I know that you're in trouble, so I'm going to loan this to you, and you're going to bring this back to me in two days when this money clears. You're going to use this to put gas in your tank, and then you're going to bring me back this money that I've given you. And like she was so serious about it because she was like, I also am living paycheck to paycheck. Like I don't have this money to give you, but I'm going to help you out right now. And I started bawling harder, not because I was touched, but because I was mortified. I was so embarrassed that this stranger was loaning me money for gas. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. took it. I was like, thank you so much. I was crying, I cried the whole way to the gas station, got, you know, my gas again, lived on fumes. Cause I, maybe it sounds silly if you've never had to do this, but man, $5 with the gas, you'll find a way to make that work. You're <laughs> you'll like coast down hills without your foot on the gas pedal, like the stuff. Oh my gosh. So I get that money and I go and I get back and forth to work. My check clears, and I go get the money, and thank goodness, when I went back on my lunch break two days later, that same teller was working, and I went up to her window, and I slid it to her, and she smiled, and she was like, thanks, sweetie, and I was like, no, thank you so much, and here I am, God, 20 years later, telling you guys this story of a stranger being so kind to help me get gas money. And I was like, many of you, right, had a good job, had the kind of job that people go to college and work really hard to have this job. And I still, like many of you, living paycheck to paycheck. So when I got in my car today after filling up my tank with gas, I was like, oh, I remember that. And there is... Tapping into a younger version of you who would have murdered someone to live the life that you are taking for granted today, that's a superpower. If you can remember and tap into that version of yourself often, remember what it felt like to dream of this kind of thing, not to say that every part of your life is exactly as you want it to be. Of course it's not. We're all working on ourselves. But if you can really settle into the memory of what it felt like to not have what you have now, there's some hella motivation in that. Hella motivation. I would love to challenge you guys today to think about something that you currently have that you didn't used to have. And to just take a quick moment, just a quick moment, take 30 seconds and just settle into that and think your creator, whatever you believe in, source, energy, universe, God, Allah, like whatever you're into, whatever you align with, think something greater than yourself because you've come a long way, baby. Maybe not in every way that you want to have come down this path, but you have come a long way in certain parts of your life. And if all you're doing is rushing from one achievement to the next, to the next, to the next, and you're never acknowledging anything you're doing, it's no wonder you're feeling burnout. You got to take time to celebrate the wins and to celebrate how far you've come. Yeah. That has nothing to do with today's podcast, (laughs) which is pretty usual. To just start a show and absolutely have no association with what we're talking about. But you know what? We can start every conversation with gratitude and what a blessing that would be. What we are talking about today is something I thought about while I was working out at the gym. What are some hacks, some ideas, some weird things that have totally helped me stay in shape, that have totally helped me stay healthy? that have totally helped me love my body? What are some things that are not obvious that I had to discover through a lot of trial and error that are not things that they write about in the health books or whatever? Are there sort of like hacks or like weird, funky things that totally work? Those are some of my favorite. When someone gives you an idea that you never considered before of like, holy crap, that's genius. We love rice cakes here at my house love a rice cake. I said this the other day on a show, but have gone pretty consistently gluten-free just because I feel so much better. I'm so much less bloated. I'm going to talk about that with you today. But one of the things, it was like so easy for me. I thought that going gluten-free would be really tough, but I just made sure I had substitutes that felt like hearty and good. And one of those things is rice cakes. So rice cakes for me takes the place of bread a lot of the time. And uh, I was making a rice cake with nut butter and honey, like my favorite snack right now. So I was making a rice cake with nut butter and honey and imagine a rice cake wrapper container thingamabobber that you, if you can't see me on YouTube, it's like a tube, right? It's about half done. So I twisted the bag and then I folded the edges of the bag down around the rest of the rice cakes. And my boyfriend was across the room and he was like, what did you just do? I'm like, oh, if you don't have like a twisty tie, uh, you just do this, you twist this and then you fold it and that'll keep the bag closed and keep everything fresh. And he was like, that is the most genius thing I have ever seen. And I sort of looked at my rice cake bag and I looked at him and I looked at my rice cake. You know those things that are so obvious to you, but other people see them and they're like, holy crap. Or like you see those TikToks or those reels where people will show you like a hack in the kitchen, like how to peel an egg easier, peel garlic easier, chop something easier, and you're like, your mind explodes because that never occurred to you before. That's what I'm trying to do today, but for health, fitness, body love, body positivity. And this, uh, this idea comes from some ladies who were in line at my Kansas City show when I say in line, uh, we do this like VIP meet and greet thing. And these two ladies were part of my VIP meet and greet. And I was saying, they were like, we love the podcast. We listen to it all the time. We They had driven in from Arkansas. So they were like, we drove, we were, we're driving here and listening to the show. And I keep meaning to ask people this. And this was the only time in my entire tour that I remembered. And I said, hey, well, tell me what's something that you feel like you're struggling with that I might be able to help. And they were like, honestly... Our thing that we both really talk about a lot is feeling like we really have to work on body image, self-love, positivity, how do you pursue your health but also do it in a way that's not emotionally detrimental to you, something that I think so many women and I'm sure some men have to deal with. And I'm not an expert on... All things, but I am an expert on what has worked for me. And that's what I'd love to share with you guys today. These are things that have really worked for me. And I tried to go with stuff that maybe you haven't heard before. So the first most important thing that has helped me get healthy and stay healthy, the first, the first, the first, please listen to me, please. I feel like I am The queen of like starting a conversation in this spiritual hippie, whatever place. And I worry sometimes that people are like, oh, skip to the meat, like skip to the hacks. Don't skip this part. This is really important. Seriously, truly, and not just from a perspective of how this is going to feel for you, how it's going to affect you emotionally, but I swear to you on everything I know to be true that if you do this first thing, you are so much more likely to stay motivated, to take care of your body, to make good choices with your nutrition, to keep moving, to keep working out, all of those things. I swear you're not going to think this is true, but it 100% is, and this is where we start. We start with learning to love the body you currently have. I know. In a world that tells you all of the ways that you don't measure up and shows you 1 billion pictures of people whose bodies are what you're supposed to be aiming for, I know that this is freaking revolutionary. This is rebellious. This is so crazy that you could possibly love the body that you currently have, but Oh my God, the the reasons to aim for this are so many, it's hard for me to count, but I'm going to attempt to do it. The first reason is because this body is a gift. Your body, exactly as it is right now, with its perceived flaws, with its pain points, with the things you don't like about it, with your thighs, with your belly, with your cellulite, with your extra pounds that you wish you could lose, with all of it is a gift. Because this is the only body that you've got. And how much time have you already wasted in your life wishing that your body was different? I learned about this a ton when I was doing my hormone journey and learning to balance my hormones. And in learning to balance my hormones, I had to go back and understand my cycle. And I learned how my menstrual cycle worked for the first time in my life when I was 38 years old. 38 years old was the first time that I learned how my menstrual cycle worked, a huge access point inside of any Person who has a period, that is our central hub. That is how we align ourselves. That controls our emotions, our feelings, what we want to eat, our desire for sex, how we're able to show up in the world. Like your cycle is everything if you're a bleeder. If you are someone who menstruates, your cycle is everything. So the fact that I went 38 years and did not know how it worked is effing crazy. Crazy. So if that's the case, if it's that important, imagine that this thing that is central to my life from the time I'm 12 years old until I'm 38, every single month of my life, I hate a part of myself. Imagine that. Imagine that every single month, Since I was 12 years old, I have hated a part of myself, gotten like verbally abusive with myself, like, oh, I effing hate that. I can't believe I'm on this again. Like, I can't believe I like made a mess. I I didn't bring a tampon. I didn't bring a pad. Like, I've bled through my clothes, which happened so much when I was in middle school and high school because I did not understand. I literally did not know. I didn't know that it would come at the same time roughly every single month. I didn't know that. I just thought it sort of showed up whenever it wanted to, which means I was never prepared, which means I was always having accidents, always embarrassed. I was mortified by this. So I'm hating a part of myself. And not only that, guys, track this for a minute. I'm hating my body for doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's spring, guys, or it's very close to spring, which means it's very close to the time of the year where I start planting my garden for summer. And this year, I was really excited to add a lemon tree, not from a seed, but like an actual tree. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners of my show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Rach at checkout. Guys, get a lemon tree like me. We can be twins. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code RACH at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code RACH. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply
1: Register today at
0: ils.org. My body was functioning with optimum health, and every single month I sent so much negative energy into myself for functioning normally. Now, how many of you also do the same thing? Because if you're hating on your period, if you're hating on any part of that, The energy and the vibration of that, of of like that misalignment of your body trying to do its best and then you mentally berating it, it's no wonder that we get cramps. It's no wonder we have heavy periods. It's no wonder we suffer with migraines when we're close to our cycle. It's no wonder we're emotionally attacking a part of ourselves. So in learning about my hormones, I had to learn to love who I am. I had to learn to love my body and how it functioned. And it doesn't mean that I'm like super pumped, especially right now. I've been having such heavy periods this year and now it's led to anemia and like all of this stuff that's going on. I feel like I spend so much time trying to keep myself in balance. But then when I step back and look at that, I also think what a beautiful way to live. I think I used to live... With like half a life, because I wasn't embodied in myself. I was doing whatever I could think of to like make sure that I could hustle and make sure that I could keep up and make sure I could like do all these things and speak and write a book a year and like go everywhere and have all these employees and like do what the world told me I was supposed to do. But frankly, the only way that I was gonna achieve that was disconnection from my body. There was no way that I could have lived through 2018, 2019 inside my body because I wouldn't have been able to produce at the level that people wanted me to. So it was almost this like disassociation from self in order to be able to hustle at that level. Because if I had been present in my own body, I would have recognized how much pain I was in, how much anxiety I was in, how much I was running myself on empty, how much I was depleted, all of those things, I would have had to hold space and awareness for that truth. And holding space and awareness for that truth wouldn't have allowed me to keep doing what I was doing. I just kept going. But I'm at a place in my life now where I cannot believe I've always known that my body's really sensitive. I'm really sensitive to foods and medicines and things that other people be like, this is non-drowsy and I take it and I fall asleep for like four days. Other people can handle things. I'm a lot more sensitive than most, but I didn't even realize how deeply that ran until I started to learn to love my body. Because if you love your body, you will pay attention to what helps it thrive and what depletes it. And everything that we're going to talk about in this conversation today is about thriving. It's about energy. It's about vitality. It's about how can you feel the best so that you can be the best at whatever it is you're trying to do. But that requires that you love your body as it is. You can love your body as it is. You can love your life as it is. You can find gratitude and blessings for what is and love yourself enough that you want it to be better. I love. My teenage boys. I love them so much. I would lay down my life for them. They are some of my favorite people on the planet. But I don't want them to just stay here. I don't want this to be the end of their evolution. I can love who they are at 14 and still be like, ooh, but we hope you mature in these ways and we want you to start to grow in this direction. And we want, right? We can do this for our kids. It's the same for us. I think that we struggle with the dichotomy of how do I want to pursue something more without hating myself. And I feel like a lot of culture has taught us that to hustle and to grind and to go and to push and to do all of these things that I used to do, that we've got to really have an issue with where we are today. And I just, I can't buy into that anymore. I think that you get a lot further from a place of self-love than a place of self-hatred. So that's where we have to start with. And when I say fall in love with your body, I mean fall in love with your body and its functionality, fall in love with your body and the things it does really well. And not just that, but fall in love with your body and the way that it looks. And the reason I know this is a thing, like I've talked about this a ton at Rise Conference and I'm reading a book on sex right now. More on that later because I absolutely am getting this author to come on and teach us all about sex and like our bodies and how they function and how to have better sex and like all of it. That being said, she has the same prescription in that book that I do when I'm talking about learning to love your body. So I know this is a thing to look in the mirror, ideally, to do it naked which I know is scary for a lot of people. So maybe you start with just trying to get in the mirror naked. Maybe you start with like one arm, just like there's one naked arm, and then I will slowly work my way over. There's so much fear that we have about looking at our bodies, touching our bodies, being present in our bodies, that it's like I said about myself, and maybe some of you are doing this, it's like you're disconnected from your body. And so the goal would be to stand naked in front of a mirror and to find one thing, just one, that you love about your body, that you think is so beautiful. For me, when I started this practice, it was postpartum. I, I didn't know who my body was, what it was. I didn't know what I was looking at. I'd never really had like super great. I never like really thought, oh, yeah, you're killing it. But then after I had my babies, I really struggled with what was meeting me in the mirror. So I started this practice, and I started by looking at my eyes. I couldn't find one thing on my entire body that I thought was beautiful because I was just like, my stomach's saggy, my boobs are saggy, my butt's too big, I'm too short, I wish I was taller, all this stupid crap and so i said okay if i got to find one thing it's going to be my eyes and i was i okay we're looking in the mirror and we're going to just but oh, man you have beautiful eyes and i do i love my eyes it's kind of funny to talk about parts of your body that you love even right now i just i had this sort of social construct in my mind that i'm not supposed to tell you guys things that i love about myself cuz then it's like oh well you're vapid and you're full of yourself and man If you knew how long it took me to get to a place where I could talk about my body with positivity, if you had seen the journey and the therapy and the 15 years of work to get to a place where I love myself, where you love yourself, if you hear a woman talking about some part of herself that she thinks is fantastic, celebrate the hell out of her. I never really thought about that before, but how crazy is it? that our society teaches girls that if they like some part of themselves that they're shallow or they're egotistical. Well, I'm like tripping out right now because if you think about it, society teaches girls that their greatest value is the way that they look, but you're also not supposed to like any way that you look. Okay, this, wow. I need to read a book on this. This is not the point of today's conversation. The point of today's conversation is finding a thing about yourself that you really love. For me, that's my eyes. I love my eyes. I think they're beautiful. They're hazel. And then if if I've been crying or if I'm emotional, they get really green. It's funny because it is the thing that my boyfriend obsesses about over me is my eyes. I kind of wonder if like I've put so much energy and vibe and love into my eyes that maybe that, I don't know, like love shines out of my eyes or something. But when we were first dating, I had a lot of feelings. I didn't know if he felt the same way. I was like, is this guy as into me as I am into him? I know I really like him, but I fall in love pretty hard. And I was just like, what's he doing here? And I remember one time sending him like a text or something and sort of saying like, are you, you you like me? Do you? And he had written back something amazing, but he took a screenshot of my contact in his phone. And my contact in his phone was and still is eyes, E-Y-E-S because he was like, I, as soon as I met you, that was what I noticed. And like your light shines out of your eyes, your love shines out of your eyes, that everything, your eyes are so expressive. And that is my favorite part of you. And so it's interesting that that is my favorite part of me and where my journey with self-love started was with my eyes. After a while, when I really, I would look in the mirror and be like, you have beautiful eyes. You have beautiful eyes. You have beautiful eyes. And then I'm like, okay, well, we got to get to a place where we are loving other parts of us. What else? What else on your body can you love? And I shit you not. I was like, well, I like my elbows. (laughs) Because it was just every other part of me, you guys know, after you have a kid, just like everything feels messy and hard and weird. And so I was just like, okay, I like my elbows and then it would be like, well, I oh, my my toes are cute. Like I have a pedicure. Like my toes are cute. I've good feet. And I just added on one part after another until I slowly started to appreciate and love the whole. And this is years, years and years. It's got to be a decade cuz my last baby that I had is he's 10 years old. So it's got to be a decade of work to get to this place where I really love. I love my body. I love my body, and I still work on it. And my body changes and fluctuates with my cycle. And in a given month, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Okay, you got it." And then sometimes I'm like, "Oh, okay, it got you." But the point is that I've worked really hard to get to this place where I love my body, and loving my body, surprising to me, is what makes me. Want to make good choices. It's what makes me go, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym with Boo and like we're going to do a leg workout that's a lot harder than I would normally do if I was by myself. Cause like I want to make sure I'm constantly challenging my body. And yeah, that's my first hack. And it sounds silly, but I swear it's a thing. There's so many YouTube videos, podcasts, books therapy sessions. like There's so many things that you can do to go on a journey of body love and body positivity. And I think one of the simplest hacks you could do is to make sure that you're following people who have your body type or have body types that are similar to you or that that you're just being mindful if you're following someone that you're going to see their body a lot. Like if you're following, let's say, a fitness person Follow a fitness person who has a body that is similar to you or that is kind of like your body. Cause if you are full-figured, beautiful, six foot four, whatever, and you're following someone who's five, two and weighs 115 pounds and is 10% body fat, you're gonna have a warped perception of what a healthy body looks like. But if you're following Ashley Graham and she's like loving herself and gorgeous and like, Sexy and all of these things, it's going to change your perspective of what a beautiful body is. So, body love, that's where we're starting with. The second weird thing that helped me get healthy and stay healthy is not something I ever would have believed would work. Ever, ever, ever. Like, this is the kind of thing I'd hear about on a show like this, and I'd be like, no, that's not true. It is counterintuitive to everything I have. Ever heard about nutrition and eating, but I cannot express to you enough how much this has changed everything for me. I read this book last summer called Intuitive Eating. I have recommended it a lot. I will keep recommending it. I've given it to family members, friends like so many people I know have had incredible results with that book. And I'll tell you that when I first heard about intuitive eating, I really thought that it was like you held cauliflower in your hands and you would be like, "Mm, yes, this is what my body needs. Like, I thought that's what intuitive eating was. And to some extent, intuitive eating is understanding what foods, drinks, different types of ingredients, what they're going to do to your system. but. It's so much more practical. This book is so much more practical than I thought it was. And the two pieces of nutritional advice that has changed everything for me is there's no such thing as a bad food and to honor your hunger. There's no such thing as a bad food and to honor your hunger. Let's start with the latter. Honor your hunger in the book they talk about how many people, women especially are going around basically starving all the time because we're overworked, we're over busy, we're not practicing self-care or because we're doing intermittent fasting or we're, you know, on a diet, we're trying to slim down for summer, whatever, fill in the blank. But by not honoring your body when it's hungry, number one, you get really confused about what hunger actually feels like. Your body doesn't know. So, like, maybe you're hungry, you're like, I need caffeine. Maybe you're hungry, you're like, I'm actually tired. You learn to ignore signals, and therefore your body learns to not trust that you're actually going to take care of it in the right way. So, track and tell me if you've ever done this where you don't eat like way longer than you should. You go way longer than you should without eating. And or you eat finally, but you eat something that's like on your diet. I'm using air quotes if you can't see me. That's like on your diet. And you have like a salad when you're really craving something more filling, but you're trying to stay on your diet. So you're not honoring your hunger by eating what your body actually needs. Now you're not satiated. You're not full. You go the whole day. You're doing so well. And then you get home, and you eat everything. Any of you ever done like a binge eating session like that where you literally eat everything in your kitchen because you've been hungry so long and now you don't have the willpower that you had in the morning because you're tired and you're probably stressed. Yeah, I mean, this starts like a whole shame spiral. You're so pissed at yourself. Oh, I was so good, quote unquote, so good during the day and now I've blown it. And it's just this vicious cycle that repeats again and again until we die. By contrast, if you actually would just honor your hunger and eat when your body tells you that it's hungry, you would be satiated faster. Studies have shown that you eat way less than when you end up binge eating if you actually just ate when you were hungry, and you learn the natural rhythms and cycles of your body and your system. The other thing that's in the book is that there's no bad food. And I think I've told you guys the story of trying this out where I was like, I am evolved. Like, I don't believe that there's bad food. But then the very first day I committed to trying to do this for two weeks, the very first day that I tried to do this, I went to the kitchen and my brain was like, I want a turkey sandwich. And immediately some voice was like, oh, you can't have bread like Tuesday at lunchtime, you don't eat bread. Bread's a special occasion food. And I was like, oh my God, I totally do this. I totally believe that some foods are bad. I was never conscious of it before. So I was like, I'm going to just commit for two weeks that there's no bad food and that I eat when I'm hungry. And the truth is I kind of went, and they say this in the book, you kind of like the pendulum swings pretty hard in the other direction, which freaks you out. But if you just sit with it, your body settles into this natural rhythm where now that there's no bad food and now that your body knows that it's going to get food when it needs to, you're not binging You're not making choices that are like, well, I deserve it, or this is self-care, or we've all done that, right? Where you have something that's atrocious that you know is going to destroy you later, whether that's alcohol or the volcano nachos or whatever, that they taste so good in the moment, but you know it's going to destroy your body later. We've all done it, but when you go to this way of being, it's crazy how much your body just sort of settles back into a more natural rhythm and you don't make choices like that anymore. So I kind of can't believe how much the inflammation in my body has gone down by making this choice. And it happened, I told you guys about this on an episode recently, it happened because I allowed myself to eat everything and anything. There was no bad food. So here's like my caveat. There's no bad food But there is food that does not work well with your system. But if you're not allowing yourself the freedom to kind of like go slow and try everything and eat whatever you want, I think it's way harder, unless you did an elimination diet, it's way harder to know what affects you in different ways. When I tried this out, this nutritional way of being, I was able to understand for the first time ever that I have a real gluten sensitivity. And that is not something that has ever come up in the blood work or the tests or the different things that I've done. But I had had like three years where I was like, I do not understand how I can be this bloated all the time. I genuinely looked like I was four months pregnant at all times, unless I was super hardcore eating like protein and veggies and fruit only, I was always bloated. And not only was I always bloated, but I was always experiencing pain and tension in my body from inflammation. What I now understand is that I was essentially eating really well for certain periods of time. And then I would like treat myself with something I wanted. I would treat myself with the bread basket. I'd treat myself with cake. I'd treat myself with different things. And then I kept going, man, I'm treating myself so little in relation to how well I'm eating, I don't understand how I could be this bloated. And then I realized, oh, it's whenever I'm having Bread. It's whenever I'm having pasta. It's whenever it was very clear to me what was going on. And I thought, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to be brutal. Like going without gluten is going to be brutal. It's not at all. It's actually so easy because I can still have tortilla chips, which is like my life. I can still have chips and guac. I can still have rice. I can still have potatoes. I can still have starches. Which I didn't think back when I thought there were bad foods, I didn't think I could have those things and still maintain a body that feels like I'm taking care of it in the right way. I have so much more energy. My brain fog has gone away. Guys, this is a thing read the book intuitive eating the two pieces that i took out of it that i love most were honoring your hunger and no bad foods but maybe there's going to be something in it totally different for you that you love better but those two changed the way that i eat and made it so much easier for me to eat i travel a lot i'm busy a lot i'm not always at home with access to like what i want to be eating so this it's not a diet at all it's just a better way of taking care of your body nutritionally. That was like game changer for me. That being said, I hope so far that this conversation has been a game changer for you. And there's going to be a part two. Because I only got to the first two things on my list that helped me to get healthy and kept me healthy. And I'm going to be back later in the week with part two, where I'm going to talk about how to energize your body, how to keep energy in your system, why it's super important to have a plan and a schedule, even down to the supplements I take and how I dress when I go work out. That's random, but there are some hacks coming that you guys are going to want to dig into. So Tune in with me on Thursday this week for part two. And if this, if you're listening to this not in real time, then that episode's already there. Go grab it, go binge it. If you thought this was helpful, I hope you'll share it with someone in your life. And join me back later in the week for part two of this conversation. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.